Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Today we begin episode 98 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast, and we are just uh, two episodes away from celebrating our 100th episode, and uh, that means we've been doing this just about two years, which is really cool. It's a long time. Yeah, it's amazing. It seems like we just started. It does seem like we just started. Um, But, uh, you know, the older you get, that's how it works. And again, I've said it before, but that's a lot of me and you talking. (laughs) That is. You know, most people would just give their right arm to talk to you 30 minutes a week. And I get to do it every single week. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I am sure people are just, man, they're just... Said if I get their just, right arm to talk with me, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I'm left-handed, right. so it doesn't mean as much to me. But anyway, anyway. a lot of people give their right arm not to talk to oh, me. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh man, that's good. But uh, anyway, we're gonna have a special episode and cake, and I think we're gonna do it live, uh, Facebook as well, yeah, as man. recorded and all kind of cool and stuff. ice cream. Yeah, so we didn't talk about ice cream. Uh, we have to have ice cream too. Oh, we are going to have ice cream. I, well, I'm, I'm hoping we are. Your I, wife's doing I'm it all. Put, I'm putting my word in for butter pecan, so I love <sighs> butter pecan ice cream. Such a boring ice cream. Oh, I love it so much. But anyway, so uh, as you listen to the podcast today, just uh, take a couple minutes, uh, let people know that you're listening on your uh, social media of choice, including texting, get, get the word out, and just uh, get the word out about what we're doing here at Connecting Faith to Life as we try to connect Christ-centered faith to, to everyday things that you're going through. Um, there's uh, lots of people that need some help, so uh, you do that today. Well, Pastor, I say that word specifically because we were talking just a little earlier uh, about how important it is that we understand what pastors go through. Yeah. Having been a senior pastor for many years, uh, when I became an assistant pastor, it just, or a minor pastor in the words of someone, <laughs> Um, I, I am very thankful. I am very thankful that I have gotten this huge pressure off yeah. me because uh, one of the things you're going to talk about is the pressure on you all the yeah, time. Yeah. And I will say there is a difference. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea how big a difference cause I'd never been anything. It had been decades since yeah, I had been a yeah. senior, uh, a, a non uh, lead pastor. So I just want you to know that in all, in all seriousness, I do pray for you constantly yeah, and consistently. That knowing what you go through. Well, I appreciate and, um, that. So anyway, today we're going to be talking about a great ep- a great thing in this episode about the truth about your pastors. Yeah. And I will say that this probably pertains more to, a, as, a, as assistant pastor, it probably pertains more to your lead pastor at yeah. your church, yeah. uh, more than just the assistant pastors. But well, of course, maybe. we're there yeah, too. Right. But, uh, we're there too. But uh, anyway, I think it's going to be a great episode. Yeah, so. I thought this would be fun to talk through. So just for the reference... You had someone call you a minor pastor. Yes. It's okay. like a minor prophet. You're not a major prophet. You're a minor prophet. And you're I'm a minor okay pastor. You're not a major pastor. The minor, the minor prophets had great things to say. Like <laughs> so, I remember when someone called you a minor pastor. That was the funniest thing ever. It was. Yeah, I'm, it was I, actually, it's, uh, it's a you're badge major, of honor You're now. major in my eyes, that's for sure. <laughs> so, a, yeah, here's the reason why we're doing this is uh, a couple weeks ago, we had Covenant Sunday in the life of our church, mm-hmm. and we talked about... Uh, just the the, the role uh, that we as believers play in mm-hmm. the life of the church and the commitment 
uh, that we make. And we looked at at First Timothy chapter three. And we looked at a couple of verses that talk about uh, these metaphors for the church and you know the church of the living God and um, the, the the pillar and buttress of truth. I mean, mm-hmm. these just beautiful word pictures that describe the church. And so I, I thought it would be interesting to just step back. Uh, and talk about uh, pastors who mm-hmm. lead churches and what that looks like. Cause we haven't really talked about that. And I thought it'd be just interesting to, uh, because you know, here's reality. And I joke about it all the time. If you're, you're around Northwood and maybe I shouldn't joke about it because I joke about lots of things way too much probably. But, but I, you know, I, I, I oftentimes just say in jest, Hey, I only work one day a week. It's on Sunday <laughs> when that's not true. I work a little more than one day a week. And, you know, so I thought it'd be kind of fun just to, to step back and think about the role of pastor mm-hmm. and, and just the uniqueness of the job. It is very, this is a unique job. And, and I want to caveat that by saying, uh, you know, I've been in, in ministry for, for over 20 years now mm-hmm. and uh, have been a lead pastor since I was 24. And so this is career wise. This is all I know. Mm-hmm. Like I've never had another career outside of uh, full-time vocational ministry. And I'm very thankful for that. I mean, I, you start out in, in missions and yes. then transition to pastor and now, yes. and now to a minor pastor. And so you, your career has been a little bit different than mine. Uh, but, but, you know, so for me, this is all I know has been full-time ministry. And, um, and, and, and I know a lot of guys in ministry who talk like, you know, ministry uh, pastoring is the hardest job in the world. Mm-hmm. And you've heard guys say that, oh, it's just so hard. It's the hardest job in the world. And it, it is hard, but every job is hard. Mm-hmm. It you know is. what I'm saying? If like you're every, do it well. If you're going to do it well, every yeah. job is hard. And and I don't think, personally, I don't think being a pastor is the hardest job in the world. I think there's challenges and difficulties that come along with being a pastor, just like any other job. I think being a pastor is the best job in the world. There is nothing else I would rather do than what I do. So I don't think it's the hardest job in the world. I think it's the best job in the world. Uh, uh, and I do want to say, I do love what I do and yeah. I have loved what I have done. So I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not saying that I hated what I did. It's just, right. the, it's I'm different. talking about the well, pressure. That, and that's what we're going to get involved. into that. But while, while I think being a pastor is the best job in the world, it is a unique job. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about um, you know, our church, for example, and I think about the different careers that are represented in our, in our faith family. We have, um, a lot of people in our church, they're teachers. Mm-hmm. That sounds like the hardest job in the world to me. I mean, right? My I mean, wife is a teacher. Yeah, your wife's a teacher. And it yeah, pretty much it, is. Ah, golly, they, they, they. She uh, works seven all, days a week. She does, right? They're not only in the classroom all day mm-hmm. managing the class, but then they come home and they have to grade papers yes. and do a parents. I mean, that, that sounds like a hard job to me. Or I think about, we have a lot of people in our church who are um, police officers. Yes, wow. Who literally every single day put their lives mm-hmm. on the line. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about it, Trey. I mean, on Mondays, what I get to do, I spend most of the day on Monday in the Word of God, praying and prepping and studying for a sermon. That's it what I do most wonderful. Monday. I ain't got a gun strapped to my waist, hoping a bad guy ain't coming after me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so mm-hmm. it's a, I'm very thankful I get to do what I do. And I, I think about police officers, I think about in our church, we have people who are, are nurses and work in the medical field and, and are just daily confronted with disease and sickness mm-hmm. and death, you know? I mean, so, so I hesitate to say that pastoring is the hardest job in the world. It has unique challenges. Mm-hmm. And, and I, do th- I, I do think that is, it is a thing that you're gifted for. Yeah, absolutely. God has given absolutely. you talents for. God, all these things work together. And, and the truth, the truth is, is, I cannot imagine, as you, as you have said, I can't imagine doing anything yeah, else. Yeah. And I love uh, doing this. And I have told you this, uh, in this position I'm in right now, I feel like yeah. I am, I'm where God created That's me right. to be. So uh, maybe this time in my yeah. life, but certainly, certainly how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think a lot of pastors feel that way. Do we get sidetracked at yeah. times? Of course, Absolutely. you know, there are other issues that come up, but 
ultimately, we are most of us are super thankful we to are, be where we, we are. are. What makes pastoring? We got to get into these truths, but yeah. let me just say this: What makes pastoring unique compared to other careers is that on a and I think this is when when guys say, "Oh, it's the hardest job in the world." I think mm-hmm. this is what they're referring to. What makes it so challenging and difficult and weighty? is that that what we're dealing with on a daily basis is spiritual warfare. Mm. It's in our face all the time. It really is. And and just dealing with the brokenness and sinfulness of people and the weight of having to deal with spiritual matters on a daily basis. I think that's that's when we feel talk about in a moment the pressure and the mm-hmm. weight and the stress that comes in ministry. It's, it's that spiritual battle that we're engaged in that, that that's very tangible that might be a little bit different than some other careers. You know, I mean I think if you're a police officer or a teacher, you're not thinking about uh, the, the spiritual battle as much as if you, as a pastor mm-hmm. you're confronted with it all the time. I would agree. So it's not for me it's the best job in the world. It's not the hardest, but it, it certainly presents unique challenges. So we want to talk about that. Let's talk about the truths about your pastor. Okay, the first is this. Your pastors love their job. Yeah, so we just talked about that. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, if, whether you're at Northwood or, for that matter, any other church, uh, the, the truth is your pastor is is doing what he does on a weekly day basis because he really loves it. That's right. And, and part of that is due to uh, uh, the call, mm-hmm. right? And and we both have call stories how, you know, uh, there was a point in our lives that, that we just recognized yes, that this definitely. is what God has called us and designed us to do. And and so for me, and probably a lot like you, Trey, we hold on to that call mm-hmm. that, that God has created me and gifted me and, and, and uh, give me the ability to do what I do. And I'm very thankful for that. Just like, you know, if you're in a different career path, I mean, God has given you abilities to do those things. And, and, and so I'm very thankful for how God's designed me and this calling that mm-hmm. he's placed on my life. And, and you're the same way, Trey. And so, so because of that, I, I love this job, I love doing what I do because man, it's what God has designed me to do. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine doing anything else. And so it's a calling. It's my passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trey, I don't know, you know, a lot of people are able to, um, separate their work life from their home life, right? Mm. Yeah, you, you, you go to your nine to five job, you, 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 you clock out, you go home, you do your home things and you get up and do the, not, it's not that way in ministry. No, it's not. And, and, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, it, I guess it can be a distraction at times. You're trying to balance family and all that, but you know, we think about our job constantly. We you know, I'm constantly thinking about, you know, what we need to do next as a church or what I'm constantly thinking about, you know, people I need to minister to and reach out to. I'm constantly thinking about that next message I need to preach. I mean, it's not like we turn off the clock and go home and we completely turn off our ministry brain. Ministry is 24 seven. And so mm-hmm. whether we're doing, we might not be doing ministry 24 seven in the sense that we're ministering to people every hour of the day, but we're certainly thinking about it. Mm -hmm. It's certainly always on our mind. Right. And so, but you know, I like that. I love that. I love that, that, you know, I'm engaged in something that encompasses my life, you know, and think about ministry to my family. I mean, even there's, I I love what I do because it's, it's my passion. I'm called to it. And, um, you know, I I love the reality that, that, you know, every single day I'm focused on what God has for his church and for his people. I mean, it's really cool. Well, I think you and I are both people people, you know, we like people. And, uh, in all seriousness, I have pastor friends who literally said, I'd love the ministry if it wasn't for people, you know, but ministry is people. Exactly. And that's, that's the whole point. So, uh, I believe part of the design of God is that you better be, you better be a people person, right? Right. (laughs) Because you are going to be involved in the lives of people. Yeah. Like you said, either thinking about it or doing it 24 seven. And, um, and when people are going through an episode, uh, we just had one happen in our church, you know, they need you when they need you. Right. You know, right. and it, it doesn't matter if it's three in the morning or whatever, they need you when they need you. Absolutely. And, um, so th- you, but because you love people, you know, you'll do whatever you can to help them through that, 
issue, whatever it is. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Um, so that, that is so true. Your pastors love the job. Number two, though, your pastors really want what's best for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I think there's a perception by some that all pastors really care about are, um, are budgets, buildings, and butts. Yeah, right? yeah putting put right? the butts in the seats. Yeah, putting the butts in the seat, yeah. uh, building big buildings, and making sure they got all the budgets, yeah. right? I think that, that there's this there's this idea by some that, um, you know, what we really care about is church growth mm-hmm. and how big we can build our buildings, mm-hmm. how big we can build our church so that, you know, people can look it up and say, hey, man, he's a successful pastor, whatever the case may be. Um, when, when I got into ministry at, you know, 18, 19 years old, when I, you know, really, well, I guess I was 20, actually, junior in college, when I really began to feel that calling towards a mm-hmm. pastorate, uh, it wasn't because I wasn't even thinking about those things. I had no idea to tell you the truth. I mean, I really uh, wasn't. That wasn't even on I my wasn't radar. Thinking about, yeah. I, was, I was thinking about what I was doing at that time, mm-hmm. that I was, I was getting opportunities to preach. I was leading small group Bible studies, that God was using me to affect the lives of people. Mm-hmm. That's what was exciting for me, not the, the thought of someday I'm going to get to pastor a, a very large church or uh, you know, build really cool buildings that, that, and oversee I, a budget. Yeah. That, <laughs> that like, was, that was the furthest thing from my mind. Yeah. What was on my mind is, wow, I get to, God is using me to, you know, well, that turn, be blessing the people. We did, we didn't use the three B's. I can't remember what we did, but the same thing. And, but that was the first time I ever heard that term was when I was in seminary. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even know all those years that I was supposed to be worried about those things. Right. You know? Right. Right. So anyway. And so I say that to say this is that, that most pastors, what they really care about are the people. Yes, you right. talk about ministry as people. Mm-hmm. We really care about people. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I know some, some of us do a better job of expressing that than others. I know sometimes I could do a better job of expressing my care for people. We can all do a better job of ministering to people. Mm-hmm. Right. And we all mess it up. I mean, I mess it up, you know, time from time to time ministering to people. But at the end of the day, the reason why we got into ministry was because of the people, because we knew that God was calling us to shepherd people, mm-hmm. to help people, to care for people. That that's what motivated us. And that, that calling that God put in our lives. And so all that to say, your pastor at the end of the day really does want what's best for you. Mm-hmm. We really do want to see you discipled. We want to see you living out uh, the call that God has placed on your life. We, we really want that. And for me, I mean, that's far more important to me mm-hmm. uh, than, you know, how big our budget is or how many buildings we have or whatever the latest church growth fad might be. Uh, now we want those, we want, because we want to see our church reach more people mm. and, and grow and all those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, we got into ministry because of the people, because we had a call of God in our lives and we saw that we could affect positive change for the gospel in the lives of people. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Your well, Rick, pastor really wants what's best for yeah, you. Yeah. Rick Warren said a long time ago, we count people. Why? Because people count. Yeah. And, and, and if we have people at our church, we, feel like we can minister to them. And by its nature, the church is going to draw needy people. Yeah. That's, that's just exactly the way it right. works. And you say, oh, another one, but it's always going to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because people are hurting yeah. and they come to the church looking for answers. Matter of fact, guest services, one of the things we do, and we pray almost every, well, every Sunday morning that God, when you bring these needy people in, may we fi- help them find the need that they really need in Jesus Christ. Right, right, right. And, and that's the goal, you yeah. know, yeah. To, for yeah. people. Yeah. Number three, your pastors are far from perfect. Is that for real? Is that for real? Oh, <laughs> you spent time with me, Trey. You know. Well, uh, yeah, I know. You know. Uh, yeah, right? I'm, I'm kidding about that. But well, yeah. I mean, I think that's that's the um, and everybody has a different perspective, mm-hmm. a different perception 
of who their pastor should be, mm-hmm. right? And it's just reality. We've talked about this as a staff. I mean, it's just the nature of people. You know, I, we, I probably did it when I was, you know, before I got into ministry, and you probably did too. I certainly did. That we I all know. have a tendency to put spiritual leaders on pedestals. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and understandably so, because your spiritual leader, your pastor should be an example. And your pastor should be living up to the qualifications that the Bible talks about in, in the book of Titus and the mm-hmm. book of First Timothy, those those qualifications for pastoring. Your your pastor should live up to those things. Mm-hmm. And so he should be an example of Christ-likeness. You should be able to look to your pastor. I mean, in, in, a, in a sense, kind of like what Paul said, you know, uh, follow me as I follow Jesus. That's your right. pastor should be able to say that. Follow me as I follow Jesus. But... Paul was a sinner too. Mm-hmm. He said in Romans chapter seven, man, I, I do all kinds of crazy stuff. I don't know why. I mean, I, I don't do what I want to do and I do what I don't want to do kind of thing, yeah. you know? And, and, and that's the same for your pastors as well. Uh, so, so you're, you're, if you're around your pastor long enough, mm. you're going to find out very quickly that your pastor is human, just like you are. I had a situation happen when we were starting our church where I had one of the men that was helping me start the church follow me around everywhere. I mean, yeah. it's just what he wanted to do. And he was off a lot of work. And so he just followed me around everywhere. Well, one time I was upset in the sense that I didn't get the right hamburger. So I went up and I said, I didn't you get, get the right, right hamburger. Yeah. At the, at the shop. Oh, oh, I went oh, gotcha, and ordered a Hardy's gotcha. hamburger or McDonald's. I said, I ordered a quarter pounder and you gave me a big Eighth Mac, pounder, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And that just floored him that you would, that I was dissatisfied. Yeah. And, and he never came back to church. Huh? That was the end of it. And what I'm saying is that people, he had put me on such a high pedestal of some sort. I don't even know what kind of pedestal that is, but he had put me on such a high pedestal that the moment that he sensed some kind of weakness in my, that was it. He was done. And so we do need to, people do need to understand that we're going to struggle. We're going to say things that are going to, unbeknownst to us yeah. many times offend you and not even mean to, you know, right. Um, right. That's exactly right. Um, That's exactly right. That's and, why, you know, from the stage, I've always tried to just be honest about my own struggles. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think that is great not to go into too much detail about my personal life, but I try to, you know, just, Hey, I struggle with these things too. I struggle mm-hmm. with this. I, str- I mean, I, 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 think I want people good. to know that, you know, I'm, I'm, human. I'm qualified. I believe, you know, I meet the qualifications of first sure. I believe of I'm growing in Christ. I believe, you know, I can say in a lot of ways, follow me as I follow Jesus. Uh, but you know, just like anybody else, you know, we're, we're human. And so, so give a lot of grace to your pastors Amen. knowing they're going to make some mistakes and, and, um, and, and pray for your pastors that they remain qualified, mm-hmm. right? We're qualified, but still being sanctified. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so just recognize that about your pastor. He's far from perfect. Amen. All right. Well, number four, your pastors feel, and this is what we've talked about, constant pressure. Yeah, constant yeah, yeah. pressure. So again, I want to caveat this by saying, I know there's pressure on every job. Of course. Where, wherever you work. If you're a teacher, if you're, if you're a businessman, you've got deadlines to meet. If you're a police officer, whatever your career might be, there, there's pressure. But there's a unique pressure uh, to, to pastoral ministry. Trey, one of the things I like to do is cut my grass, kind of. Mm-hmm. Not right now because it's getting where it's 99 degrees outside, yeah, it's really so it's not going to be quite as enjoyable. But on Fridays, it's what I do. I cut my grass. And what I like cut do, What I like about cutting my grass is when the job is done, I can look at my yard. See. It's done. Oh, it just gives I you this it. awe feeling. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's finished, right? Nothing like a freshly cut mm-hmm. lawn, you know, and I did that. I accomplished it. It's done. I walk inside and I sit for a minute, drink a little bit of iced tea, and I walk back out and go, yeah, right, good. right, it does, and you see that. <laughs> yeah, and 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 the reality is, that's not the way ministry is. No, it's not like cutting a yard where you can see a finished product. Mm-hmm. I'm it's not going to see the finish. There's always do. something else going on, right? Yeah. And you and you make some progress. 
but you, you're not there because we're, we're not, ministry is not completed until Christ returns. Mm-hmm. And so there's always more to do, always more people to minister to. It's a job that's never finished. And so for, for most of us pastors, we feel that constant pressure of every single day, there's more to do. There's more people to reach. There's more people to pray for. There's more sermons to write. There's mm-hmm. more this, there's more that. I mean, it's just that, that constant pressure that just doesn't go away. What's interesting is before I came to Northwood, I, my, my previous church, Stacy and I agreed that I would take a, um, I would take a month off, a complete month off before I started here at Northwood. So I had a month between my previous church and Northwood where I had no pastoral responsibilities whatsoever. Wow. I didn't have to make any hospital visits, didn't have to write any sermons, no responsibilities whatsoever. Kind of a mini sabbatical thing. Kind of a mini sabbatical. And it was amazing Mm. because it was the first time in my career since I was, you know, 21 years old and entered ministry that I had no pastoral responsibility whatsoever. And it was like this tremendous weight had been lifted off of me for that month. Mm. I didn't know what to do with myself. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. And so just understand, right? I mean, I know that that is true in every job that there's pressure, but there's this uniqueness in ministry because there is this constant pressure because the job is never done. Mm -hmm. And there are always people to minister to, always problems to figure out, always crises to, to, to minister in, into, and, and all. So just, just be aware that there's that. And you felt that pressure when you were in uh, a lead pastor position, didn't you? Oh man, there's no doubt. When, when you have that kind of pressure in your life, I'm telling you, and like you said, there's just no way to describe it. Yeah. And it's until it's off of you, yeah. you had no idea how much was on yeah, you, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. And so, um, but you know, the other side is, is though I'm thankful that there's always something to do. Yeah, absolutely. It gives you purpose. It absolutely. gives you drive. It gives you a reason yeah. to wake up in the morning. You know, one of the things I was thinking about is, you know, we we just finished Easter, had a huge Easter Sunday. We were so thankful for God bringing back people and all the things that started happening around Easter this past year. But it wasn't like we got up Monday morning and said, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, we said, where do we go from yep. here? All right, what's next? All right, you know, week, how, let's go. Yeah, let's go. How are we going to reach more people? What right, are we going to do? Right. You know, and we started making plans. So, you know, that's just the way it works. It and, that, and that's and what right. we want. That, that pressure, is what we That's want. right. That pressure isn't necessarily a bad thing. That pressure is a great motivator to continue mm-hmm. on doing what God's called you to do. But just recognize that. That I mean, and I know other careers have their um, pressures as well, but there's the, there's this uniqueness of pastoral ministry where mm-hmm. there's this constant pressure because the job is never done. There's a lost and dying world without that's Jesus. exactly right. Spurgeon, who had one of the biggest churches ever, felt that weight yep. every day. Yep. That there's a lost and dying world. Yep. So. Absolutely. Number five, your pastors often second guess themselves. Really? Every day. (laughs) Every day. Did I say the right thing? Did Did I I do the right right thing? thing? Did I do the right thing? Did I, you know, minister in the best way I could of those people? I mean, I, and then, and again, I don't think this is in a bad way, but especially if you think through this COVID season and all the different decisions, quick decisions we had to make. I remember calling the meetings together of all the staff and what, what, this, you know, wow. And, and, and when things were changing so rapidly and not having one day that one time, well, yeah, we had like five or six meetings one day Mm -hmm. and things were changing, changing so fast and trying to figure out what do we do in these changing circumstances and, 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 um, you know, not having all the data we needed to make some of the decisions we made, right. That we were still learning about the virus and how it was, um, you know, how it spread and things of that nature. And, and so, you know, even through COVID, Mm -hmm. 
we've done a lot of, or I have, I've done a lot of second guessing. Mm -hmm. Did we make all the right calls? And knowing that we didn't, you know, I mean, that's just reality. I think the more we learn over the next couple of years and we look back on, on how we handled uh, the COVID crisis as a faith family, uh, you know, we're going to be, we're going to say, man, I wish we would have, I wish we would have and nothing we do about now. It is what it is and it's fine. But, you know, I think there's always going to be those, uh, those times where we say, man, we should have done this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there's also going to be times we said, when we say, you know, we, we, we did all right. (laughs) We made some really good decisions in the midst of that crisis. And, but all that to say, you know, in in ministry, you know, we're always, I I feel like anyway, I'm always second guessing myself. Um, On a Sunday morning after I preached a message, you know, I've labored over that message for a week. I've prayed through it. I've, I've I've preached my heart out and I'm, I'm, but I'm still wondering when I get home in the afternoon, man, did I say it exactly Mm. like I needed to say it? Was it clear enough? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, was that exactly what God wanted me to say? Mm -hmm. Uh, did I, did I misspeak in any way? And, and, you know, well, self-criticism is healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's no doubt about that, but we can get so introverted about what we're doing that we, we get lost and we don't want that either. Right. Right. So again, it goes back, pray for us, you know, right. Uh, Right. We, we try to make the right decisions. And, 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 and just think about, you know, not only this decision-making, but interacting with people, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that, that I want to be, and you do too, Trey, we all want this. I mean, not only pastors, everybody wants to do this in our relationships. We want to be able to speak wisdom in the lives of people Amen. and we want to do it well. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, even with people, did I say the right thing? Mm-hmm. Did I, did I help that person in what I said? Did I misspeak? Did, did my words come across in a way that, you know, might've been offensive and, um, you know, I, I have a tendency to joke around a lot and sometimes that gets me in trouble, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, did I offend someone with that joke and, you know, or whatever the case may be. And so, you know, just recognize that, that your pastor is aware, uh, that his words matter. Your pastor is aware, uh, that of the weight of the decisions that he's leading the church to make, uh, your pastor's aware of those things. And he does, your pastor does second guess those things. Mm-hmm. And, and, and ultimately, I mean, I'm very thankful for the grace and sovereignty of God Amen. And, and for how he Amen. works through, uh, all things and even through my mistakes. Uh, so, but, but just know that your pastor is aware, uh, whatever church you're at, your pastor is aware of, of, of the weight of decisions and the weight of preaching and all those things. And does, does second guess some of the decisions, decisions and things, decisions he makes and things he says. Amen. And this is probably going to shock some people, but number six, your pastors need friends in the local church. Yeah. I think they think we're just kind of these monoliths that just kind of, you know, exist on, on in and of ourselves and, they don't realize friendship is you know, necessary. As yeah, well. I remember in in seminary where uh, a professor said, "Hey, don't don't get too close with anybody in your church." You know? I heard the same. If you're thing. going to have friends, make sure they're outside the church. That's an Other old pastors model. or whatever case may be, and like, no, this is my faith family. This is my the body of Christ. I want to be close with people in this church. Not, not only I am not only my pastor of this church. I'm a member of this. Yeah, church. Yeah, absolutely. And so so just know that right that um, um, your pastor needs your prayers. Mm. But your pastor needs your friendship as well. Mm-hmm. And when I say friendship, I mean genuine friendship, mm-hmm. right? Friends that stick closer than, the bro- than a brother kind of friendship where, 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 where you're, you're in that relationship with your pastor and, and you understand that your pastor's human like you are and you're going to give your pastor grace and you're going to invest in his family and he's going to invest in your family. I mean, just real friendship. I mean, your pastor needs that and longs for that, right? And, 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 and that's really, really important. You know, I, I had a friend that uh, basically said, I can't be your friend because I'm afraid you're going to leave. Mm, mm. And I said, like none of your friends, other friends have ever left and right. moved jobs. Yeah, or, that just happens. You know, That's life. I, I, you know, I, I, anyway. All right. Number seven, uh, your pastors have thought about quitting. Yeah. Have you ever it, thought about quitting? 
Uh, every Monday. Every Monday. I mean, that was <laughs> kind of the, that was, that's, that's kind of the running joke yeah, of passers, yeah, right? Every Monday we, we consider quitting or moving on somewhere else. That's not be. really true, but no, but I mean, that, again, and, and I know that's, this is not unique to pastoral ministry. If you have a job, mm-hmm. you've thought about quitting your job. Mm-hmm. I used to bottom line because jobs are hard. Work is hard. Right. Um, and so, so, um, you think about pastoral ministry and all the unique challenges. There have been days that I've thought, man, I, I, I could do something else. Mm-hmm. I could quit and go, you know, be a financial manager. I could quit and go, you know, sell college insurance, professor, or college professor, yeah. whatever the case may be. There, there are those days because like any other job, pastoral ministry is hard. And, and, you know, and I, when, I remember uh, going through, and we've talked about this before, Trey, going through a very difficult season of ministry years ago and, and really thought seriously yeah. about doing something else. And what kept me from not doing something else was that very first thing we talked about. I love my job. Mm-hmm. I, I had these moments where I wanted to quit, but I still loved the local church mm-hmm. and loved what God had called me to do. And I held on to that calling, you see. And so, so yeah, but just, just know, just like you on your job, your pastor on his job, there's those days that he wants to throw in the towel. But I do want to end on a really good one here, and that is... Your pastors don't want to quit. Yeah. Don't want to. Your pastors have thought about quitting, but they don't want to. That's right. That's what keeps us in ministry is that call and that that knowing that we're doing a holy work for the sake of, of, of the kingdom of God, for the glory of Christ, uh, for the spread of the gospel. Mm-hmm. We don't want to quit. We want to be able to stand before the Father and hear those words, well done, good Amen. and faithful servant. And Amen. so 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 that motivates us and keeps us in ministry even when um, when things are hard. Amen. Well, Pastor, this has been good, and yeah. I think our people need to know what our what pastors uh, go through. Yeah, and uh, I think it's just kind of a glimpse into our heart and our minds and what's going on. Yeah. Well, we're let's go ahead and close. Get ready for episode ninety nine next oh, week. Man, we're getting there, almost there. And uh, God bless you. All right. I hope this has been helpful for you today. And just thinking through this, Trey. I mean, uh, I'm very thankful for our church, Amen. and very thankful for how. Uh, this church loves on all of their pastors and encourages us on a regular basis. Uh, this church makes being a pastor very easy. And I, and, I, and I know that's not the case for every pastor. Every pastor can't say that, but I'm thankful that we can say at Northwood, this church makes it easy to be a pastor. So if you're a part of Northwood, uh, thank you for making it easy for us. If you're not a part of Northwood, wherever you go to church, make it easy for your pastor. Show him how much you love him and care for him. If this has been helpful for you today, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review. That helps us to get the word out about our podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.